0: Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast.
1: Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Our guests have spent their whole life loving sports, working around athletics in college, to now building a sports technology company in Virgos to focus on the female fan experience, Today, we welcome Lizzie Levine.
0: Hey Brett, thanks for having me.
1: Of course, glad to have you here today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe where you're from originally?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Like you said, my name is Lizzie Levine. I'm from Dallas, Texas, originally. Um, Huge, Grew up huge Longhorn fan and then didn't get into UT very hard. And I went to the second best school for football, um, Alabama and worked for Alabama athletics while I was there, had a great time, um, super involved with sports. And then I moved to Atlanta where I currently live and where our headquarters is for our company.
1: Awesome. When yeah. you were young, when you were a child, what did yeah. you want to be when you grew up?
0: A sports agent.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. And when did that take a turn?
0: It uh, took a turn quickly after I graduated from college. and couldn't find a job actually being a sports agent was told that they didn't hire women as agents. So so maybe,
1: so maybe with you, it's more going back a little bit into college. But what was your first taste? Whether it was an internship, a paid job, you know, working in or around the sports industry?
0: Yeah. Um, Wow. Okay. So in college, kind of the first taste I had was, um, Hmm. let me think when I was at school um, at Alabama, they had this program called Crimson Chaos and it was like a bunch of other schools do it. And I think I had worked an event or um, no, back up, back up for a second. I was taking a sports marketing class. And after the class, I told my teacher hey you know I want to be in sports I don't know where to start like let's I don't know how to get involved and he is like okay well there's a position opening up for crimson chaos which is like a student run. Um, fan group um, at school and apply for a marketing position there and then you'll kind of get your start in there, and so, then I ended up getting the position and that was kind of the first taste I had of sports.
1: And how did that translate into other opportunities, right? I mean, whether it was with Naismith or Chick-fil-A, you know, how did you come across some other opportunities during that time period?
0: Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a good question. So a lot of hustling and randomly asking people, but, um, I had another class in that class. We had the opportunity to work for clients. So I worked, uh, for the Naismith trophy and did, um, graphics for them. And then for the Chick-fil-A Peach bowl, when I worked that, that was also through, um, that same teacher and then the opportunities at Alabama when I was working through the athletic department I was then introduced to every other sport so it was basketball every sport we worked every sport and then I that same teacher that I had for that one class um, kind of after I worked those events I had met people at you know the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and then just kind of started networking and other opportunities came from that.
1: So, you know, talking about you know Alabama athletics and, and getting to intern in their marketing program, you know, what was that opportunity like?
0: Oh, it was great. Um, as while I was there, we won two national championships, Roll Tide. And um, what was really cool about the opportunity was um I started out when when we started out, um they kind of gave us full reign to do anything. So in the beginning during the summers, we stayed there during uh, orientation for the students and we try to get them to sign up for to be in the Crimson Chaos, right? And what was cool about it is that I was not only introduced to, you know, sports marketing in general and also event marketing, but it was kind of like this the slate was clean, right? I could bring to the table any ideas that I wanted to, whether it was doing a um Cribs uh a crispy cream donut competition throughout the school, or if it was like, you know, partnering with the local business to give away tickets to get people to come in. Um I just think it was cool to be able to kind of do anything that we wanted to to for the common goal right to get people in to the um, games
1: right and in that role you got to coordinate some player interactions and you know be part of some of the game day events and now who would know that some of these names are just really big names in professional sports are there any names or any stories of athletes that you kind of had cool experiences with or a story to tell from that time period
0: Yeah, so one of my favorite players while I was there, um, obviously one was Derrick Henry, and um, what was cool is on campus, right, and when we were working these events, they're always all over campus, so one time in Publix, I ran into Derrick Henry, he actually ran into me with a shopping cart, but besides that, um, while I was there, it was, I forgot what game it was, but it was pre-game, and I was walking through the stadium doing, um, I think I was trying to, oh, we were putting out those shakers before the game. It was really early, it was 6 a.m. or something. And it was, It was. Um, I ran into Nick Saban and it was just really cool to be able to, he was so nice and so approachable and he always would say, like we were nobodies to him, right? We were interns and he would, he literally came up to us and we're like, great job. You girls are doing amazing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. He didn't have to say that. He had no idea what we were doing, but it was really cool just to be able to see. I mean, it's Nick Saban, right? And it was cool to be able to know that what you're doing actually made a difference, even at the lowest level.
1: So then you were going to say something about Derrick Henry transferring oh, from the Super Bowl. So work.
0: well, Derrick well, Derek Henry was uh, he was he was really um, the energy around him was dynamic, right? I would run into him just randomly in campus and. I also had another job um, at school with insomnia cookies. And so I would randomly take cookies to events or like the football team or things like that during recruiting. And so one time I was walking around campus and he, he actually came up to me and was like, oh my God, you're the cookie girl. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And so then from there on, I would kind of just always bring him cookies wherever he was. That's great. <laughs> yeah, was so,
1: fun. you know, at what point of your life did you realize that you wanted to touch all these different things and be an entrepreneur?
0: Well um, I think that the point I was at was that it's after I worked a internship in in Atlanta and couldn't get a job in sports anywhere being an agent I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit my dad's an entrepreneur, my grandpa is and so I just kind of said screw it I'm gonna you know do this for me and make a difference for other women in sports and I'll just go for it so it's kind of after college
1: And that's where you' uh, created the idea and the company Viragos.
0: Yes, um, that is that is there. We, um, we, I actually came up with the idea when I was in college. And um, it was my senior year, I was, you know, researching and trying to find, um, like, everything that you do to try to find a company, right, Google everything. And I was at a point where at my internship, I found out that it wasn't going to turn into a full-time position, not because of me, but because they just didn't have the funds to hire anyone Uh full-time. And then I said, okay, I could actually do something with this. And then that's when Viragos was born. Yeah.
1: Viragos.
0: Or Viragos. It really doesn't. It's everyone says either.
1: Is it one of those things where it just depends where you're from? Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I guess what has been some of your learnings? You know, what have been some of your biggest failures that you've learned from so far?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So we'll start with failures first, because I believe that no failure. I don't like the word failure. Right. Um, But there have been a lot of things. So first, when I was first starting the company, it's so funny. Um, I would. I didn't ever have actual like sales material, right? So I'm very much the kind of person where I'll throw myself into things and then I'll figure it out when I get there. I am um, because I I would rather jump and not even think about the fear, right? So when I was first reaching out to a couple um, teams to reach out to, I actually showed up at this one arena in Dallas. And I, this was a huge failure and no one ever do this, please. I lied to the front desk lady and said that I had a meeting with the GM and she was like, oh, that's weird. You're not on the list. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I have a meeting with him and he comes downstairs and he is livid, livid. And he was like, who are you? And I was like, I'm Lizzie Levine. And he was like, I literally don't know who you are. Uh, what do you need? And I, low-key pitched him on our company and he said this is the most ballsy thing i've ever seen in my life never do this again but i guess i'll take the meeting with you (laughs) so i don't recommend that at all that's a huge failure lying is like very it's not the right approach um but some of my more successful things have been from kind of just that my persistence right i think that along the way i have cultivated relationships with some of my customers Um, One in particular who actually sits on our board now, and he is able to give me such great advice. Um, Just a few days ago, he told me, you know, Lizzie, you need to polish up a few things. These things don't look polished up. And I think that's such, some might think that's a failure, but for me, having someone so close to me in the industry so high up that really cares about what we're doing and believes in the mission and is able to have those hard conversations, that's a huge positive thing for me. So I think I would just take away from that Never giving up, and just you know, being human and really connecting with people, and not trying to just brute force sell yourself.
1: So the sales trainer I me mean, is going to take a step back here. What was your biggest learning experience from your bullish move with the GM in Dallas?
0: Right. Um, so the salesperson to me would say um, my biggest learning, in that is that one when it comes to sales, I need to I need to be, have everything put together and, and look legitimized, right? The second thing that I would say is that when after I learned from that is it's not about what you're selling, it's about why you're selling it, right? People buy into what you're doing for a story. And I think that was the one thing that was positive about what I was doing. He was interested because he understood the humanality aspect of what we're doing. He has a wife, he has a daughter, he gets it. But stepping back, I need to be way more prepared than that again that was almost two years ago so we've made progress since then
1: <laughs> so that being said if you were to say hey you know my company is Viragos," and someone say that's great you know what's the why us for your company
0: right what is the why yeah okay well the why is for me is um you know women love sports right so every woman should walk into a stadium and feel like wow this stadium cares about her needs whether that's from you know be having access to products while she's at the game to make sure that her game is comfortable to being marketed more than just pink jerseys. My why is that women love sports and women want to be and feel a part of the game. So that's what we're doing.
1: And in doing so, what would you say are some of the biggest adjustments you're able to make when you work with and consult with some of the venues?
0: Right. Um, so I think that On the venue side, there's two sides of it. There's like the brand, you know, brand partnership side, and then working with the venue side. And what I've noticed the most is that those, yes, those two come together, but they're two completely separate things. And from the venue side, I think it's really important um, for venues to understand that, yes, um, women come to games, right? But your biggest competitor is the couch. And if all you're doing is trying to market to just one gender, women make up 80% of the purchasing power and we're people, right? At the end of the day, everyone wants to feel like they have a great experience. So it's important to create that experience and not just, and really just to care. And I think the venue side ever since COVID that's really changing. And you see that now where they're putting in health and safety precautions or they're actually trying to understand the fan demographic, right? And then on the brand side, I think that's a way longer discussion, but you know, once we collect more data and we are able to show the importance once people come back into the stadiums, um, I think it's just opening up more brands to see the power that female fans bring.
1: And can you think back to a time in your life without maybe calling out a specific venue name or maybe a certain instincts that this really hit home to you and, and made you really want to dive into this?
0: Think about the clear bag policy. How awkward is it to carry around all your things as a woman in a clear bag?
1: I would think that would be pretty awesome, pretty awful.
0: Right, so that's every venue. And that's what we deal with whenever we go to a game.
1: And what, what are your certain ways to get around that?
0: Well, certain ways to get around that are providing women with the products that they need during the game, right?
1: In venue versus carrying them in a clear bag. Correct. Got it. Um, you know, a big picture, you know, where you, you know, you know, in a perfect world, what would you like to accomplish in 2021 with this company?
0: That's a really great question. Um, I think for 2021, what what our vision is, is we really want stadiums and teams and brands to understand. For this year, I want people to understand how much value female fans bring to sports, right? If that's from purchasing power or if that's from the longevity of the fan, either one, you know, we get the family to come to the game. We're we're the ones with the credit card. We get everyone to come. So why would you not make sure that we're having a good experience? I'm not saying that everyone doesn't. I'm. That's just, you know, one caveat to it.
1: And um, if you can go back to maybe when you first started the company, is there anything you would have done differently?
0: Oh, it's a really good question. Um, I think I would make adjustments, maybe not done completely differently, because I believe that everything that I went through has gotten me to this point. But I think I would I would have um, been more probably put together and, and polished.
1: So, you know, I guess for, you know, for the listeners out there, who is an ideal client for Viragos? Goes?
0: Ooh, every, every single, we want to be in every single stadium and partner with every single team ever in the NBA, NHL, NFL, but um, the Mavs. The that Mavs. is, that is my golden star. Okay. Dallas Mavericks, yep.
1: That's fine. Huge fan, what? And how are you networking to get into these facilities?
0: let me show you something.
1: Remember, we're audio only here.
0: Oh, dang it. okay. Well, what I do for the, um, to network to get into these stadiums is things like, you know, um, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is referrals, right? Um, people want to be introduced through people they know, um, but clubhouse has really helped foster relationships. And I just come at it. I'm not as I am still aggressive about it, but I I come at it with the conversation right, I want to know is this something that you are interested in what are you doing to kind of engage or make sure that. um, female fans are being taken care of, but in the current climate that we're in right now with no fans it's a different discussion but so kind of right now i'm just trying to build relationships and have those conversations.
1: And do you find in starting those conversations that you have more success starting it with a female versus a male.
0: Um, I actually, that's a really interesting question. And, um, I think yes, uh, yes and no. Um, if, if the, uh, male has a daughter or a wife, they get it. They totally understand. If not, it's a lost cause, honestly. And, um, that's okay. Um, they'll come around, but I just have to focus on the people that are our actual customers and not trying to change everyone. Right.
1: You know, and I think something creative maybe from the side of sports I come from, how often when you're looking to get into venues, are you finding someone with the synergy of being from Dallas or being from Alabama or maybe a sorority or like a like interest of yours within that organization to maybe make that introduction?
0: Yeah, I think that helps a lot. Um, It does. Um, I think what really helps the most is being introduced by someone they know, and, but the like interest of where we're from our sorority, I should probably play into that more. It would help. Yeah.
1: Well, cool, well, appreciate having you on here. Love you contributing to the program. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience?
0: No, thank you so much, Brett. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter at Viragos and i um, excited about the future of sports and the future of female fans. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.